Welcome back, everybody. My name is Cassidy Walker, and welcome to my course project for Principal-Centered Leadership and Ethics. Today is the series finale, and I'll be answering the questions involved with the seventh and final step. Now let's put our hard hats on and get to work. I want to begin with a discussion about spiritual values within leadership and the work environment. There is certainly an argument to be made in favor of spirituality in the workplace. Uh, Shaping Culture and Values, Chapter 14 of Daft's book, The Leadership Experience, references a couple of studies that highlight the benefits of spirituality in the workplace for managers and employees alike. The first of which states that managers who have spiritual values, along with the traditional mental and behavioral aspects of leadership, tend to be successful as leaders. The second one explains that people want deeper fulfillment on the job and workplace spirituality programs can help attain that by providing people with better mental and physical health, um, an enhanced sense of self-worth and greater personal growth. These studies show that spiritual values like integrity, respect, fair treatment, personal reflection, and, and many others in conjunction with spiritual leadership Um, that uses these values to intrinsically motivate oneself and others um, by way of calling and membership, Um, these things lead to increased productivity and decreased rates of absenteeism and turnover. All of that considered, um, there's also an argument against spirituality in the workplace. That argument largely centers around difference of spiritual or religious practices and beliefs and how those different beliefs impact other people in the work environment. An article published by Knowledge at Wharton, uh, the online business analysis journal for the University of Pennsylvania, entitled Separation of Church and Cubicle, Religion in the Modern Workplace, explains that while most want to be people of faith, they don't want faith inflicted on them. They want to be people of faith, but not necessarily your faith. The article says that some religions can be divisive and professing, you know, those types of beliefs in the workplace can alienate those who believe differently. Unless you work for a business or organization that is overtly tied to a specific religion, people want to be free to practice or not as they please. There's an expectation that the beliefs of others will not be forced on you in the workplace. Spirituality in the workplace is kind of a spinning top kind of an issue, right? Um, It requires balance to be effective. Now, let's compare and contrast Potter's eight-stage model of planned organizational change and appreciative inquiry, or AI. The two concepts are similar um, in that they both approach large-scale organizational changes using multi-stage methods, Potter with his eight stages and AI's four stages. Resistance to Change, Chapter 15 of Daft's book, The Leadership Experience, states Cotter's eight-stage framework as light a fire for change, get the right people on board, paint a compelling picture, communicate the change widely, remove obstacles and empower people to act, achieve and celebrate quick wins, keep it moving and make changes stick. The chapter states AI's stages as discovery, dream, design, and destiny. The two concepts differ in 
kind of what their motivations are, right? So Cotter's focus is on using each of the eight steps to lay a solid foundation for success in making major large-scale changes. Um, the stages tend to overlap, um, but each is very important, you know, vital to the process. AI's focus is on the reinforcement of positive messages and an emphasis on learning from past successes to engage individuals, teams, um, or the whole organization in order to create change. Um, this positive affirming approach can be used on a large scale or in small scale changes. While the multiple stages of the two concepts makes them similar in a way, the concentration of each method is different. And that not only wraps up step number seven, but it also concludes my course project. I'd like to credit DAF's book, The Leadership Experience, specifically chapters 14 and 15, and the Knowledge at Wharton article, Separation of Church and Cubicle, Religion in the Modern Workplace. I'm Cassidy Walker. Thank you so much for listening.